0: Welcome back to the Bad Pipes Podcast. Today is uh, May twenty third. My name is Andrew Weaver. With me today is the effervescent
1: Scott Gregory, Don't use my Don't use my
0: government name, Scott Kelly. All right,
1: let's just hop right into the f- fucking uh, news. <laughs> news. Uh, are we getting right into? We're do Disney first. I mean,
0: I feel like it's I. It's only Disney news because that's fair. Uh, Star Wars, Disney—they go hand in hand. Well, I mean, it's like if the dumpster's on fire, you know. Yeah, the fire is fun.
1: Yeah. So, uh, Galactic Star Cruiser is no more. Uh,
0: more accurately, it's shutting down September thirtieth, or September thirtieth is their uh, their last voyage. Last voyage.
1: Um, well, I mean, when a voyage is four thousand dollar wait, wasn't it like six thousand dollars for two nights? It's four to six thousand yeah. dollars for two nights. For two nights, and I don't even know if it's necessarily
0: like two nights. It's like forty four hours or something like that when you do the math.
1: Yeah. Well, and I'm like, first of all, the average person can't afford that. It's, yeah, it's for can. your, it's for your, your quite wealthy Star Wars fans. But On top of that, it's like I feel like once you do it once. It's probably the same shit over and over again.
0: Yeah, I've heard that they pretty much only had the one program they were doing. Yeah. And uh, very recently, like within the past month or so, they had been doing training to expand on that. And about a week into that, they found out kind of at the same time we did that, uh, <laughs> that it was going to be shutting down September 30th. So a lot <laughs> of those employees were like gearing up to do more with it. And then... <laughs> yeah,
1: they're just like, yeah, we're shutting it down.
0: Getting their fucking ankles hacked out from under them.
1: Yeah, I, I, yeah. I just don't think. The, the other thing was, from what I'd heard, it's like a whole lot of interactive theater, and I just don't feel like they probably did a fantastic job with it.
0: I mean, it's it sounded. I mean, everyone—the way everyone jokes about it, like rips on it—is they go, "Oh, paying four to six thousand dollars to LARP for a weekend," and eh, that does kind of feel like what it is.
1: But it's like, here's my th- like—if you were to like actually let me like Star Wars LARP, like if you were to like have me pay, I get to stay in this thing and like live out like I don't know, like go into war or something. Like actually, like like some sort of laser tag, Clone Wars bullshit. If you say like
0: again, I'm gonna, my head's gonna. Like, pop. yes. No, like I get you. Like, uh,
1: no. That, <laughs> that's what I mean. Is is get, give me, let me go, fight.
0: I just don't have any interest in it because it's it's post original trilogy it's supposed to be taking place
1: oh uh, that's right that's true too I
0: think before this sequel trilogy and there's just nothing in that time period that interests me like yeah. in general they've made a lot of goofy decisions as far as the park attractions and the use of Star Wars what's the outpost thing called you know what I'm talking about a what the, like, outpost part. Like, the Star Wars part of the park now. It's like Galaxy's B- Edge. Oh, yeah, Galaxy's Edge. Galaxy's it's, Edge. That, that
1: takes place on Batu It's on it's raised world. Yeah, that's stupid.
0: They should have done... Tatooine? Well, I mean, they could have done Tatooine. Or literally anywhere else. Indoor would have worked, too. And they could have had it be, like, in the woods. We live in Florida. It's pretty woodsy around here. Even yeah. if that is the swamp out well, there. Well, I was like, even if you're going to do
1: a desert outpost, do fucking uh, Mos Eisley. Like, why are we doing... Yeah. Anything but that. Yeah. Give me give me aliens in the cantina, the the I want
0: And like make the Cantina massive, like German beer hall at Epcot oh, yeah. massive. Because they you know.
1: So have you have you been to Galaxy's Edge? When am I? Rich? I've been I'm not rich you and I've been I to Galaxy's Edge. Richy Rich over here? I went I went to Galaxy's Edge and that, that was my that was my biggest scrape was like Did you buy the lightsaber? No. Cause here's the thing. I tried to. <laughs> you go there, you go there and now everything Disney and like, I've heard like, I've heard they might be moving away from this now, but like when you go to a Disney park now, everything is like, you got to have a reservation. So it's like, you got to reserve your spot and you can do that from the app in the park. So like, you can go on the app you go reserve your spot. You can do that day of now. The problem is you go try to do that day of, you can't, you're not going to get to do day of, you can't do it the next day either. You got to book it out like two fucking months in advance. So you got to know you're like for sure what you want to do like you you're this is for the upper middle class soccer moms who plan out their entire Disney adventure for their kids.
0: Yeah, I'm just I'm not even like that in general. That's what I'm
1: like. I I went there. I went there and just like spur the moment. I was like, you know, I'll do the lightsaber like I, I have the extra money. I'll go do the lightsaber experience. But I couldn't.
0: I'm the kind of guy that's like, it's a Sunday, I gotta work Monday. You know what? I think I will drive up to yeah. St. Augustine today. But
1: here's the other problem, and this is where it comes back to like what you just said with the with the cantina. Like it doesn't just it's not just for like the like little like the lightsaber experience and mm-hmm. the droids and like for uh for fucking uh it's it's the rides or whatever. So the, oh, the the, ride, when I went there, the newer they had the newer ride that had come out, but you had to reserve your spot in line well in advance, or you weren't going to get to go on the ride. And I didn't do that, so I got to go on the one ride. I've never been on the second one, and then it's also for any of the sit-down restaurants or anything. So, like the bar they have there, couldn't do that.
0: You have I to make reservations to sit at a bar.
1: Yeah, you have to make just to even go inside of it. Like you have to have a reservation well in advance, like two months in advance to do it. Good lord. So, I obviously, I didn't know what I wanted to do when I went there. I, I was just going in blind. Just, I have a good time. But, didn't get to do, I mean, I, I got to go around and do some of the stuff going and look at the things. And, and just
0: coming out fucked. Yeah. You silly goose. You should have known better.
1: I got to go to the stores. They were cool. <laughs> the products were cool. I got to have some of the milk. The blue milk? Yeah, I had them throw some fucking alcohol and that shit to drown my sorrows because I couldn't get into the cantina. Good
0: alcoholic blue milk?
1: You're damn right I did. I don't remember if it was... Uh, th- they have the blue and the green. I don't remember which one was better.
0: Well, green's from what? The Last Jedi?
1: Yeah. But... He's
0: like milking them sea creatures and then it like yeah. looks back at it. Yeah. At Ray. It's
1: some sort of fruit smoothie sort of thing. But, uh, t- that brings me to your point is like, why didn't you just do a giant ass... Cantina, so that you could fit so many more well, people. The thing in it.
0: Is, is, they have no recognizable locations in the sequel trilogy, but they want to do all of their stuff because otherwise, they gotta like pay royalties, probably to
1: trash to George. You're you're the biggest fucking company in the world. Pay, Just pay up. Give me what I want. They do, which is insane. They pay a
0: shit ton for this stuff. Yeah. Like, as far as I know, the uh the budget for building and like operating like all of the startup costs for this fucking Mm -hmm. galaxy's, what's it called again? Galactic star cruiser was like close to a billion dollars Yeah, to like build the building, put all the tech in there to make it look star Wars, which
1: we can segue, use that to segue into the next point, which was another $1 billion expansion is now out the window. Yeah, because Disney and Desantis are having because Disney and Desantis are who apparently also Desantis tomorrow is announcing his twenty twenty four bid for on Twitter in a talk
0: with Elon Musk. Yeah, yeah. What a two fucking of joke, the
1: dude two of the worst fucking people.
0: I just i I was having a talk with someone yesterday, literally yesterday, about like Desantis because. <sighs> I'm I'm not liberal, I'm not conservative, I'm very much in the middle, yeah. because I'm a normal fucking human being that's like, oh, here's an issue, this one issue has several points of view that need to be taken into consideration before yeah. you make a judgment on what's the best steps to take in regards to this issue, yeah. right? And so, I even got into the mathematics of it, right? Let's say there's 350 million people in America. Mm -hmm. We have a two-party system. That means that (laughs) on every single issue, there's an A or a B. Party one takes A, party two takes B. Mm -hmm. You're going to try and tell me that in our elections, which are typically pretty close to 50-50, 175 million people on a broad smattering of issues are all voting for the same thing Yeah, and that they are being represented by one person, one person and the same thing for the other side. Yeah. Like mathematically that's fucking insane.
1: Yeah. Well, and I mean, they're all the, pretty much all of them are all paid chills. They're all like, it doesn't met like it, it just really doesn't matter. What we're doing because there's so much money. There's so much money (laughs) revolving around that space that like everyone's bought and paid for by someone and the the little people like us don't matter.
0: We certainly don't. Let's get to some other news though. Um let's see. Oh, here we go. Uh the live action, Little Mermaid, is getting released this week. Have you looked at the early reviews for it? I have not. All right, so 71% of critics, according to Rotten Tomatoes, think this is a good movie. But then you click the tab for top <sighs> critics, and it's got a 45%. <laughs> oh, no. So uh, I'm really wondering what audiences are going to think with this because they have not been generous to these live action movies they've been putting out. Yeah. Um, and then I was even reading an article today where. I don't know if it was like the writer was blatantly shilling or if they were just taking a clickbaity kind of stance with their article. But they went, <laughs> they said all of the complaints about the new Little Mermaid movie are that they race swapped the ma- the mermaid, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm going to be honest with you. Everyone that I've seen complaining about this movie online have been complaining that A, it looks dark and it's not very colorful like the cartoon originally was. B, they don't like how that the CGI animals look, the
1: crab and the flounder and whatnot. They say they look like they have dead eyes. Didn't they change? I thought I heard they changed Sebastian to a, a fucking, like, he's, he's a crab, right? Or no, he's a lobster. No, he's a crab. No, he, he was always a crab. Was he a crab? Or no, they changed I thought they changed him. Wait, I thought someone now, said they changed him.
0: Instead of whatever kind of crab he was, I think he's a different looking crab. I don't know. It
1: uh, you know. <laughs> I uh Okay. Maybe maybe I'm just maybe I'm just fucking crazy. Yeah. Probably.
0: Alright. Uh more news. Um I don't know if you're aware of this, but Dimension Twenty is doing a follow-up campaign to the Crown of Candy campaign.
1: Oh, I did not know. So I haven't.
0: I've never watched through Crown of Candy. So Crown of Candy was real fun because it's basically um, Candyland, the board game meets D and D, Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah, not D and D. I would say.
1: Well, I mean, yeah. But it is, it is D&D. They're playing D&D. They are playing d and d they are playing d But yes, theme-wise, yeah.
0: theme Candyland, Game of Thrones crossover. It's a much, like, lower fantasy kind of game, though. So, like, oh. people die, like, in the first campaign. Spoiler alert. One of the main character, like, one of the main parties' characters dies in, like, yeah. I think the first two episodes. Like, um, yeah, no holds barred for that series. Um, but... Brennan Lee Mulligan, my boy, bestie. Uh, he's playing in the game. Oh, just take a guess who you think is running the game.
1: Oh, I think I heard this. Uh, isn't it? Is it Matthew Mercer coming in it's to Matt run it? Mercer,
0: yeah. Be interested to see how this goes. It's. Th- I watched the first two episodes. Third one comes out tomorrow. Is it uh, good?
1: I've, I've been loving it. Yeah. See, my that that's sort my of thing is uh, I, I'm curious to to see how, Matt Mercer is getting away from. Critical Role, because I feel like that's a very, like... Dude, he was great. In Critical I, like,
0: Role? I, well, Critical Role. Critical Role is good. It um, is, no, don't get me wrong. The, it the it the can't hold my attention. Stuff, yeah, I was about to say, they keep all the stuff in there that usually bores me. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't have any issue with it, though, because then whenever you condense it and you put it in, like, a TV show, like... Uh, Vox Machina on what amazon or whatever mm-hmm. that's great and i've been saying for forever that i really wish they would make a uh critical role abridged series where, where it is edited down because i'd probably yeah. listen to that um yeah
1: i think that, that was my main my biggest problem is I, sometimes it just feels like a little dry to me um yeah. because it's like very it's very like this is D and D it like, it feels like it, it, it in and of itself feels like a very like, like run of the mill. Like this is what a D and campaign is versus like you go into like the first dimension 20 campaign with fantasy high. There's a lot of h- comedy and humor mixed into it. And it's very yeah, kind of out there. The
0: difference between having a bunch of comedy writers and that's true, yeah. like sketch writers versus the, the voice, the actors. Versus voice yeah. actors, right? That's fair. Uh, there's a certain gravitas that you're going to expect from voice actors that you're not going to expect from uh, yeah. comedy writers. Yeah, I mean, don't, uh, don't
1: get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with either of those. I've run campaigns of both variety. Um, I just, yeah, I think I think the the way that the way that Critical Role is just has I have issues holding my attention to that versus like Dimension Twenty. Yeah. So, but no, off to off no, to watch through uh, it's straight or up. listen through uh, the Crown of.
0: There was a, a joke Ronald that Kidney. he snuck into the, the end of the... Like, first off, it is full of jokes. It is very much a Dimension 20 campaign. Yeah. Um, God, I'll be honest with you. I'm so jealous of uh, Brennan for, like, getting to play in a game that's set in a world that he made, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, that's super cool. Yeah. And to have someone who's going to, like, respect the world and put the the work in to making that game still good and respectful yeah. to the, like the original property and doing something new. Um,
1: God, uh, off to, cool. off to listen. I, I think I started the first one. Um, I don't know if don't the full
0: campaign is up on YouTube or not, but oh, I have, I have dropout. Yeah. Dropout. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man, fucking
1: watch through it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I will. Uh, I've got another eighteen-hour drive coming up, so maybe gross. do it there. Gross.
0: Um, another little thing that I just thought was like funny that's going on is the film threat. Who I've brought up, I think, a number of times. Uh, uh Chris Gore. Made film threat back in like the early '90s, I think, and he's a he's just a film critic. That's what they do. But they have a website and a pretty popular YouTube channel. Uh, Chris Gore was also on G4 TV back in the day. Um, but he's doing a a weekly critics court for Star Wars. Uh they're going through in both defending and prosecuting the treatment of Disney Lucas films, star Wars. And I got to admit, I've been pretty entertained because the whole premise of it was like, we're going to do this as like low budget and kind of jank as possible so that it like matches how, uh, filming regular court cases, yeah. like the court stuff, you know, mm-hmm. You know how it's like someone's mic will be like buzzing in these videos of people in court, or like someone will be talking and they're like muted, and everyone's like, uh, "You're you're muted, you're muted. <laughs> Just try coming back in." <laughs> <laughs> so it's like it's got that jank, but it's also um, every week they have a different issue, right? So it'll be like. Uh, disney lucas film betrayed the star wars canon right with yeah. and then you'll have the prosecution and you'll also have the defense and both uh. of them get like 40 minutes and they'll go back and forth yeah and so it's it's playing out like a like a court case would but mm-hmm. the the judge is chris and uh <laughs> he's gotten like a bunch of different youtube people personalities and whatnot um to act uh as defense or prosecution. Yeah. So it's it's a fun little thing that's going on right now. I think this is this might be week three of it. And I think they're they they've been doing those on I think Wednesdays. So you can watch those live or you can watch the recordings of them. So uh, it's just something that's uh, been going on. Mm-hmm. A little bit of dower news here though. Sunday, May twenty first, twenty and twenty three. Ray Stevenson. I did see that. He died of illness in Italy, in a hospital in Italy. Yeah. Um, If you're unfamiliar with Ray, he was Titus Pullo in HBO's Rome. He was, uh, I think, his character in the new Ahsoka show is was like Balon Shin or something like that. Yeah. Um. God, and dude. Thor. He was in The Punisher. He wasn't Thor. He was in the second Punisher movie. Uh, he played Firefly and one of those G.I. Joe movies that came out like 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, he yeah, was 58. 58. So young. Yeah. So young in today's years. Oh, definitely. And he looked healthy, man. He was also in uh, RRR. Oh, yeah. I never saw it, but. Everyone speaks highly of it. I've,
1: I've heard it's really good. It's on my list. Yeah.
0: Just kind of like blew my mind because uh, the first time I really noticed him was watching Rome. Because his character was my favorite character. And after that, anytime he popped up in a movie or something, I was like overjoyed. I just love seeing that dude and stuff. Yeah, um, I didn't even recognize him in the Ahsoka uh, trailer. So knowing that he's in it now, I am a little bit more excited for it, and a little bit more disappointed because if he isn't like killed off and
1: oh yeah, that's the first tough. season they're either going to recast though. him or he just fades, yeah, which is always iffy. They're, they'll be pulling like a Game of Thrones like We're or gonna fucking gonna fucking um,
0: fake him or something.
1: Dario Naharis. <laughs> looks totally fucking different oh, yeah. from one season to another. Yep. In um, the mountain.
0: Um, final news. Final Indiana news. Jones 5, Dial of Destiny. They showed it at the Cannes Film Festival. Really? You want you want to know what the critic score is sitting at right now for it?
1: <laughs> yeah. Trash. My notes say forty nine percent. Yeah. Sounds all right. Let it die. Let let it die. Let the series die. Um We didn't need it. Oh shit, I had I had one more.
0: I wanna go on a little rant about Kathleen Kennedy real quick. Okay. Um So we haven't seen each other. You and I, for our audio listeners, I'm pointing a finger back like and forth between weeks. Scott and I. Yeah, so we haven't seen each other since, like, I think the beginning of the month or maybe even yeah. earlier. Um, oh, yeah. I think earlier. So Kathleen Kennedy continues to say stupid shit in articles. Um, yeah. I actually mentioned this, I think, whenever I was recording with Isaac. Uh, so a quote from an article, from an interview on May 4th. She said, we need to eventize future Star Wars releases. And she compared it to like the James Bond releases. Like, oh, James Bond gets a release like every three to four years. That's how we should be releasing Star Wars. Let me go through a little timeline for you real quick. 1977, first Star Wars comes out. Three years later, Empire Strikes Back. Three years later, Return of the Jedi so 3 years between each of those movies. Yeah. You can also probably infer that it was probably about a 3 3-year three production period for the first Star Wars as well. Yeah. Um Phantom Menace 1999. 3 years. Attack of the Clones 2002. 3 years. Revenge of the Sith 2005. So pretty, you know, like clockwork. Yeah. Um Lucasfilm gets uh, officially purchased December 4th, 2012. About three years. 2015, Force Awakens comes out. 2016, Rogue One. 2017, Last Jedi. 2018, Solo. 2019, Rise of Skywalker. Yep. In four years, there was four years between Force Awakens coming out and Rise of Skywalker coming out.
1: Is that not fucking
0: insane? Also, I finally looked into some of the budget stuff for this. Uh, Solo had a reported budget of $275 million Mm -hmm. and made less than $500 million. I did not know that it flopped that hard. Damn. Especially whenever you consider that the reported budget is just to make the movie. And usually... What we've been finding out now is that they're spending between 250 to 300 million dollars to promote these movies worldwide so there's a good chance that they not only did not make money on solo but they fully lost Lost. money on solo especially whenever you remember that there were so many uh like production hell type issues where uh They kicked the directors off. They had to have script rewrites. They had uh, Ron Howard come in and apparently shoot between half to two-thirds of the movie again, um, as well as, like, extravagant uh, methods of, like, shooting the film. So they, they were doing, like, three different camera angles of every single shot so that Lucasfilm higher ups in Lucasfilm could look at every single shot and basically choose which one went in at that point why do you even have a director yeah you could have a fucking lackey go action cut do it again but faster this time action cut do it again but slower this time action cut okay do it but maybe think about how your character feels. Action, cut. Okay. <laughs> like, like, what What role is the direct... Like, what artistic vision are you filling at that point? If someone else is like... I don't know, man. So, yeah. Um, we need to eventize Star Wars... We should be doing, like, three to four year releases between movies, kind of like James
1: Bond does. Yeah. Um, Well, we can compare that to Revenge of the Sith. You want to get into
0: that Revenge of the Sith review?
1: Well, just to start out, $167 million budget, Mm -hmm. the lowest of the prequel trilogy. Really? Yes. That's very interesting. Of the of the prequel trilogy, and generated $1.233 billion in revenue.
0: Wow, that's a smash hit.
1: Yep. Um, even if you put a $300 million
0: <laughs> marketing budget on though
1: that. So, none of them even come close to A New Hope, which... 51 million dollars to produce the lowest of any star yeah. wars and with the highest revenue at 3.63 billion
0: wow i wonder if that is including like all the times that they have re-released it i'm assuming
1: um because like the next next closest is the force awakens and this it is, is like still
0: 2.0 something 2.47 yeah. So
1: A New Hope is still a billion dollars yeah. in revenue over The Force Awakens in second. Yeah. That's
0: wild. And you know what's funny too is there are articles from like 2018 where they talk about how Disney has already recouped their uh, the, the price they paid for Lucasfilm, right? Because 2018, uh, they had gotten like off of force awakens rogue one Mm -hmm. where's my list uh force awakens rogue one last jedi and i guess you can include solo in that because that's 2018 um they had made approximately four billion dollars at that point which is what they paid about for uh yeah for lucasfilm i don't know what ding dong writer would say that that's a recoup of their what they paid, though. Because if you look at the budgets for this stuff, they probably put another billion, billion and a half dollars into, like, making those movies. Yeah. Not to mention marketing them, you know? So, what a... I don't know, man. Like, media... These writers are just like ding dongs, man. I legitimately have, like, having been looking for, (laughs) for, like, a stupid little writing gig for a little bit now, like, I do not get how these fucking morons get jobs writing articles. Oh, yeah. Because it's like they don't do any fucking research. It's insane to me. If you're like a magazine writer right like you're a writer for variety or something like that we are getting Mm -hmm. lined up with interviews with celebrities and things i get you having that job but the guy who's writing for like some ding dong website fucking saying that like oh disney's already made back the money that they spent on lucasfilm because uh, lucasfilm has made four billion dollars across these movies (laughs) without taking into account whatsoever what they paid to make the movies Blows my mind, man. Blows my mind. All
1: right. Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith. Also. Yes. The highest rated of the prequel trilogy. Really? By audiences or critics? Uh, both it looks like. Wow. Um, oh. Yep. So it is actually the only one in the positive for audience at a 66, which is considered fresh enough. Um, whereas Phantom Menace is a 59, Attack of the Clones was a 56. The only critic-certified fresh of the prequel trilogy at 79%. Wow, that's higher than I thought critics would give it. Yes, 51 for Phantom Menace, 65 for Attack of the Clones.
0: Something I didn't know about this one was that apparently Tom Stoppard, if you've ever heard his name, he did a And these are his words light polish on the screenplay so he doesn't have a writing credit but apparently uh he looked over the script for george and did a quote light polish on it yeah if you don't know who tom stalker is the dude's legendary he's an absolutely legendary playwright uh british playwright playwright um i didn't know that which whenever you listen to the dialogue in this movie it is head and shoulders over Attack of the Clones like Attack of the Clones I had mentioned what was going on with this movie why are there so many dad jokes why are there so many like puns and things like that and then this movie is like has a much different tone like a very serious takes itself serious kind of tone Yeah. um So, yeah, that was just something I didn't know about it and kind of blew me away. Um, I think that out of the three prequels, this one definitely uses CGI to its best effect.
1: Yeah, agreed.
0: But I still don't get why like, every single clone is CGI. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because uh, saying that they used the CGI to best effect is they would use the CGI on the clones who you could, you could have made PVC armor for them pretty fucking cheap and quickly with a team of like five or six prop guys. Uh, the Wookiees are all legit. None of the Wookiees are CGI. And whenever you think about why, it's because CGI fur would have looked fucking terrible for the technology of the time. So you can get away with doing the plasticky looking armor in CGI, but you could not have gotten away with doing hair. And I think you see that with Yoda because Yoda, uh, he doesn't look terrible in this movie, but he is like entirely CGI and he looks like a little green man for most of the movie. Um, kind of watching this with my critic brain on uh it's an interesting story and that palpatine manipulates anakin through not only his flaws but also what people would typically call strengths so he doesn't just use his pride to manipulate him but he also uses his compassion which i found interesting especially in that scene with uh mace windu standing over him with the lightsaber being like He's a traitor. And then Palpatine being like, he's a traitor. (laughs) And then Windu is like kind of pushing the edge. And you get the feeling that Palpatine is kind of hamming it up and being like, he's killing me. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, Anakin responds through through compassion partially to be like, no, don't kill him. I need him, you know? So like it's it's a nuanced necessity for him to live. And it's a little bit of that hypocrisy and that duality in Anakin to be like, "Yeah, I killed Dooku earlier, but now here's a guy that I think I need and I'm yeah. I'm not going to let you kill him." Um I also wrote that there's a very strong theme of delusion in this movie. So people kind of constantly and willfully overlook inconvenient truths. Um, For example, the pregnancy, uh, the pretty blatant manipulation of Anakin by both Jedi and Sith. Uh, I mean, Padme specifically has that line about being blinded by love.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And it's, got an irony to it because she's the one who's blinded by love it gets to the point where obi-wan shows up and is like he killed younglings and she's like no not anakin anakin couldn't have done that meanwhile last movie i killed i killed them all not just the men but the women and the children too i slaughtered them like animals he says you know like you're the one person in the world that knows that Anakin one hundred percent would do that. Yep. And she just doesn't care. Yeah, I mean she's blinded by love to the man that like uh, Anakin is. Mean, it's,
1: it's a love story. It's he'll he'll do anything for her, include including saving Palpatine. And she'll turn an oh. eye to him murdering children. Yeah. So
0: I felt that a major
1: weakness of this one is
0: that we haven't really had much establishment of Anakin as a, like not just a good guy, but like a hero, right? Yeah. Um, he starts the movie off murdering people and he ends it murdering people uh, where he left off in attack of the clones feels almost the exact same as the character that we start with in this one, yeah. except that he's more capable uh, so, end of the movie, attack of the clones. He's very emotional. He loses the fight to Dooku and is yeah. nearly destroyed by it.
1: It's it's almost like all of the stuff he does in the the Clone Wars cartoon really establishes him as kind of a hero, like yeah. someone who's done all this stuff. But it's like we don't get any of that context within the movies. Yeah, which is kind of lame.
0: Yeah, I'd written that he's ruled by his emotions, and that feels the same here. Um, yeah. Kind of going hand-in-hand hand with that, a common complaint with this one is that uh, Anakin's turn is too quick. Ah, uh, yeah. I'm inclined to agree, kind of because of that mm-hmm. that point above. Um, I almost feel like the fix to this would have been to have another movie before this one. That's, yeah. Um.
1: That was what I was if thinking. If you've
0: seen... Gindy Tartakovsky's Clone Wars, this movie is significantly better. I will say that. Mm -hmm. Which is a weird time in fandom to be like, oh, well, if you had watched the like hour and a half of cartoon episodes before this movie, this movie actually is a lot better because you you see a lot of that character development. uh, So you understand the Anakin starting this movie a little bit better.
1: I um, was like, you almost could have done. It, it's like in in today's world, if like, if we were, if if they were making these movies under like the Disney umbrella, yeah, I feel like it would have been like, here's three movies about Anakin's come up. Here's three movies that are all the Clone Wars. It and here's three movies what about his downfall to do with yeah. Uh,
0: the Felony verse stuff with like, yeah. we're giving you probably five seasons Which, of Mandalorian. It's and almost we're like give you two or three other shows, and then we're yeah. going to give you the movie. And if you've watched all of the extracurricular stuff, the
1: movie will be better and make sense to you. Yeah. But it's like, it's almost like this is a better, like, better plot and like more what, well, like, if, you, if they had done this, I would have liked it better than anything they're coming out with now. Where it's like, here's three movies on Anakin. Anakin coming up yeah. to, to you know, the three movies about the Clone Wars. And then it's literally his downfall after. Yeah. And it's like, I, th- I think you could have done that. And I think it probably would have turned out pretty well. Versus what the fuck they're doing now. Which, I don't, I don't really know what they're doing now.
0: They're doing all they're doing a Ray movie and it takes place 15 years after. Because I really fucking care about Palpatine's
1: fucking grand... Like, I Jedi don't orders? give a shit... About Calpatine's granddaughter. Luke that she
0: was going to rebuild the Jedi Order. When? <laughs> when did God. she do that? <laughs> um. So back to that point, uh, I think this is the first example within fandom of the uh, necessity of viewing the extracurricular shows, uh, detracting from the value of the main product. Right? Yeah. So uh, this movie is not as good if you haven't watched the Tartakovsky Clone Wars show whereas if you have watched the the Tartakovsky Clone Wars show the movie's actually better
1: yeah you get a new appreciation for it
0: um so I would almost argue that our generation who were kids when this was coming out got more out of this movie when it came out because we had watched those uh, Clone Wars shorts whereas adults didn't so they got less out of it which is why people a generation ahead of us tend to think less of the prequel trilogy than like you and I probably do. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, and maybe even younger generations. Yeah. Um and I feel like that ultimately is the issue that modern Star Wars has butt up against. Uh it's all the extra it's it's all extracurricular now. Uh there is no central plot or theme to any of it. Uh kind of like I had mentioned before the Filoni verse is just kind of like endlessly incestuous and like progressively less value is coming out of it and regardless of whether or not you agree with me on that I think that you can look at the dropping viewership and the uh, audience and critical scores for the episodes and for the um, seasons of these shows that are coming out and you can see that there is some truth to that statement. And uh, unfortunately, I think that all of that started with this movie and how it coupled with the Clone Wars show. Yeah. Um, I do think that the interconnectedness of it all can make a very loyal fan base But I think that fan base is going to be small because it's like the very dedicated nerd types who are like oh I'm gonna read every book I'm gonna watch every every cartoon I'm gonna you know like those kinds of people um not that there's anything wrong with those kinds of people I think that some of my favorite friends within fandom and other stuff have been those kinds of people Um, but it will make entering the fandom overwhelming for new fans and uh, yeah, I don't know. Like that's that's kind of how I felt at the end of this movie, where I was like, "Oh, watching this again really just makes me want to go back and rewatch the Gindy Tartakovsky yeah, Clone Wars show."
1: Hm. Yeah, I feel like I need to go through and watch it. Cause like
0: Grievous in that cartoon is is a menace. He's scary. Yeah his depiction in the live action is a lot less menacing like when he drops his cloak to pull the lightsabers out and fight Mm obi-wan he looks small which is perhaps a perspective issue with the cgi yeah but he looks like a little guy and just uh, a little guy yeah whereas like he looks like a hulking brute in the clone wars cartoon yeah um and I want to say that even Filoni's Clone Wars uh, do him more justice than the, that live-action movie did. Yeah. Um, I will say, hearing Prime James Earl Jones at the end of this one was pretty great. Yeah. And not the uh, like computerized, computer-assisted, AI-assisted James Earl Jones voice from like oh, Obi-Wan. Definitely. Have I complained before about how the the title card on like Disney Plus or whatever for the Kenobi show looks like he has, um what's the fucking bounty eyes called? What are they called? The stick on eyes? Googly eyes? Yeah, it looks like he has fucking googly eyes. <laughs> like look at it at a distance, right? And like the, uh-huh. the overall image of the <laughs> thing. And it looks like it's, it's Obi-Wan Kenobi with googly eyes. Yeah. Because like the the sun and his outline in the sun looks like one eye, and then like the other side is like half of his face, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's funny. It's just bad art. Oh yeah. Which is a little ironic because then you watch the show and you're like, oh, this is also bad art. <laughs> <laughs> like, Kenobi in this show feels like he has googly eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh yeah. Um I got to be honest. I don't want to watch the sequels. <laughs> <laughs> no. I don't. I'm maybe I'm just like feeling burned out because of all the announcements and shit that's going on right now and just thinking about how like disappointed I am that they don't inject new blood into this dying beast to keep mm-hmm. it alive. They just keep, like, pumping the same blood through over and over and over again and going, like, why isn't the disease dying?
1: Hmm. <laughs> yeah. That, I don't know. Well, I mean... Oh, yeah, I guess we do. We do start with that. Because I forgot we're doing it cinematic. We're doing it cinematic release. Yeah. So I going to say, otherwise we'd have... Some other stuff we can watch.
0: Yep. Can watch the uh, the Ewok movies. The Ewok movies. <laughs> the Ewok movies. <laughs> it was it Caravan of Courage? I think. Uh-huh. I forget what the other one is. Yeah. Um. Shit. I got a question for you. Yep. Switching topics now. Okay. Kind of. What's your favorite Indiana Jones movie? Um, this is a trick question because you told me yesterday and I'm going to out you right now it's Crystal Skull and no, uh, it's I just want everyone to not. that Scott's favorite Indiana Jones movie is Crystal Skull no it's not because he said he sees himself in Shia LaBeouf carnally <laughs> God, what is that guy doing right now? Shia LaBeouf? yeah I don't know I'm probably getting sued
1: for me too and something um I don't even remember Raiders of the Lost Ark is the first one, right? Yeah. Oh, Temple of Doom for sure.
0: For real? Yeah. Did you know that's a prequel to
1: Raiders? Is it? Yeah. Oh. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah.
0: Which is funny, because you know who was a, uh, I believe an executive producer, and if not executive producer, a producer on it? Who? Kathleen Kennedy. Would you like uh. to know a quote she made about it one time? She said, the second movie in a trilogy always has a darker tone. Like, look at Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom.
1: <sighs> it's a prequel, you fucking idiot. <laughs> 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 I just, uh, it had to be Temple of Doom because of the one dude. Kali Ma.
0: Yeah. What is it? It's like Kali Ma Shuk-tame or something. Shuk-tame. um
1: Because he's the one, like, he, like. Reaches into the reaches chest and
0: pulls his heart out. Pulls the heart out. And then they lower his body into lava. And you're like, what yeah. the fuck is going on? Fuck yeah, and super the, metal. They eat the chilled
1: monkey brains. I honestly, I can't. I just remember that. It's like that's why that's my favorite. Uh, uh, okay. Favorite movie. It stuck with me. I d-
0: all three of the first ones are good. Oh
1: yeah. Um, I have them all on DVD.
0: DVD. I do. <laughs> what are you, a fucking boomer? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. So, um, are you excited for the Dial of Destiny?
1: Yeah, it's gonna be my favorite.
0: So I had told you that they played at the Cannes Film Festival. Yeah. Um, apparently people were talking during the movie <laughs> in French, because Cannes is in French, French, yeah, yeah, Frenchland. Um, so here's a little thing, little, here's some little trivia for you. Uh, the release date for this fine film is June thirtieth. It's got a nearly two-and-a-half-hour runtime directed by James Mangold, who also directed 310 to Yuma, Logan, Ford versus Ferrari, Walk the Line, right? So he's got a pretty good yeah, filmography for directing. Uh, it's got a reported budget of $294.7 million. That sounds like a lot of money yep. to me. Wikipedia just rounded up to $300 million. Yes, I do. Um, this movie was first announced in March of 2016 with a projected <laughs> release date of July 19th, 2019. And it was originally announced that Spielberg would direct it, which Spielberg is in the only Febu- guy who who's directed any other... In
1: February 2020, Spielberg stepped down as director as he wanted to pass the film series to a new filmmaker for Let's a fresh perspective. I think
0: that... Uh, uh, if I'm being honest I think this is one of those instances of creative differences that kept getting thrown around around that time uh and I think it's specifically with Kathleen Kennedy Spielberg in an interview in like 2015 and this is like you can pull up the audio from this on YouTube yeah in 2015 there is he's talking about Kathleen Kennedy and he's like the thing I remember about Kathy is that she was terrible at taking notes. Uh <laughs> She's the person who would like be in these meetings supposed to be taking notes and uh oh fuck no what's he say? You can probably pull it up. Uh but, but uh, He goes Kathleen Kennedy. The thing I remember is that she was terrible at taking notes, but she was really good at interrupting people (laughs) (laughs) mid-sentence. And she would say things like, what if he didn't get the girl, but he did get the dog? (laughs) I remember Kathy came into the room with her steno pad and her pencil, and she was horrible at taking notes, and she was terrible, and she didn't really know how to do it very well. What she did know how to do was interrupt somebody in mid-sentence. We'd be pitching ideas back and forth, and Kathy is supposed to be writing his ideas down. Suddenly put her pencil down and would say something like, and what if he didn't get the
1: girl, but instead... <laughs> there it is.
0: <laughs> oh, man. So I think, I think this might be revenge, you know? Yeah. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy, I think she's getting revenge on... Uh, Spielberg and George Lucas by taking their legacies and shitting on them, not shitting on them, but full on sticking their head in the toilet and swirling, swirling them. Yeah. Uh, Not that they needed help with that. I mean, you look at kingdom of the crystal
1: Uh, skull. Oh, I mean, it originally got pulled back because Spielberg was busy working on a fantastic fucking movie. Ready player one.
0: Yeah, I was going to say Ready Player One. I do enjoy that film. There was something else he made around the same time. The Post.
1: Um, is yeah. There, isn't there going to be a sequel to Ready Player One? What, Ready Player Two? I think so, so actually.
0: As of noon today, uh, as I said before, with 37 reviews, Dialed Destiny is sitting at 49% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, that probably won't change much before release, unless Disney does what they usually do and they send their horde of, like, chill critics to bump the score up before release. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Wow. Um, This movie was written by the Butterworth Brothers. Are you familiar with them? Nope. Me neither. (laughs) (laughs) John Henry and Jez as well as David Cope who wrote, uh, David Cope actually has a pretty good um, filmography for his writing as well, Uh, but also written by James Mangold. So the thing is, though, Cope is the one who started off writing this script. Then they brought in James Kasdan, who also wrote Solo, A Star Wars Story, and then that got katankered, and so (laughs) he got removed from this. Uh, and around that time is when Spielberg got taken off and Mangold came on. So 2020 and, um, uh, Mangold. Oh, where's the quote? I think I wrote down part of it. Uh, Mangold came in the script in, uh, 2020. And he said in an interview that he, uh, this is an approximation of what he said, wanted to aggressively retool the script he had been given, pretty much all of it, Uh, which is interesting. Um, Taking a script that had been getting worked on for apparently four years, and then spending, what, two, two and a half years retooling it. Um, Interesting bit about Cope uh, he did write kingdom of the crystal skull, uh, but he's best known for Jurassic park mission impossible, uh, Spider-Man as directed by, uh, what's his name that did evil dead mm-hmm. and, uh, and more like the dude's got a long writing career. Um, Jonathan Kaznan, who wrote solo a star Wars story, uh, also, wrote that failed Willow show that came out, I think, earlier uh, this year yeah. <laughs> uh, for Disney, Plus, which is already being removed from the platform in the purge of content that they're doing.
1: Damn, that, that was quick!
0: Yeah, so that's going to be removed from the platform before the beginning of next year. Uh, that's pretty much all the like production details I've got on this. Um, from the outside looking in, this looks like production hell. This looks like a very troubled production. I mean, like I said before, four years to write a script that then gets like quote quote heavily retooled, you know, yeah. and shot during COVID. Uh switching directors, uh, switching writers. Uh, they take it to can and it gets a rotten score that's gonna sit there for a month and a half before this thing fucking comes out. Yep. Uh, before audiences can even touch it. Um and then like I said, I'm I'm still waiting for the Disney show critics to like review bomb this up into something marginally positive, like what usually happens. Yeah. An example, uh Peter Pan and Wendy, and uh and uh <laughs> Little Mermaid, um and most of the Marvel movies. So Oh yeah. I just I i'm a little frustrated here because like i grew up loving those indiana jones movies um i remember stories like my parents would tell me that in raiders of the lost ark when it got to the point where they opened the ark mm-hmm. and the will of god or whatever that is starts like melting the nazis faces. I would start laughing. Apparently, <laughs> I thought that was just the funniest thing.
1: Yeah, it's <laughs> pretty great.
0: Apparently, when I was like real young, I was a kind of demented kid because watching the alien movies as well. My parents said that I would start laughing when the alien would kill people. Damn!
1: <laughs> <laughs> entertainment, true entertainment. Um.
0: So yeah, that's a <laughs> that's a window into my psyche, I guess i also remember being like four years old and being like uh my kind of future stepbrother at the time being over and being like oh let's watch a movie what movie are you gonna watch and then me being like let's watch this alien and then his mom my eventual stepmom being like uh ryan can't watch movies that are rated r and i was (laughs) like What? (laughs) Like fucking lame Being like four years old and just having like No concept whatsoever of like What kids should or shouldn't be doing And then also my parents having already (laughs) Already been exposing me to stuff like that Yeah My dad actually Kind of a fucking real one When you think about it Dude dad's always been a real one (laughs) (laughs) My dad Kind of a real one
1: <laughs> Dad? <laughs> kind of based. <laughs> um, what else we got? Um, you know, we can do a little AI segment here. Oh yeah, you were gonna tell me about AI. Just a couple of things. So Adobe Photoshop, Ad- Adobe announced coming to Photoshop is a generative fill for photos using Fireflies generative AI. So, essentially what you do is you have a photo. You can literally just section off. Like, like, say you take a photo. I go outside and I take a fucking photo of, like, the trees out here with the sky in the background. I can go on Photoshop.
0: Don't dox us. Now everyone knows there's trees where we are. Oh, fuck. For our audio listeners, Scott was pointing out a window when he I said was, that. I was. There's a window here. Fuck. I just doxed <laughs> it because now I know
1: there's a window. Shit. Fuck. <laughs> Not that we... But...
0: I mean, people know where we record. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah I'm pretty sure we've, we've literally said the city we live in.
0: All seven of our listeners. Although
1: not for me much longer.
0: dox uh, yourself.
1: Um, but basically you can just select like a portion of the photo. Like, If I went out and if I took a picture and I could select like a portion of the sky. Yeah. I could literally go on here and type in like. F- fill it with the pussy money weed. Yeah. Or like put, put literally like the Northern Lights or something. Oh, and it would... Yeah, that's probably me. It would literally edit the photo seamlessly to make it look like the Northern Lights were out there. Or whatever you want.
0: Isn't it... Dude, I keep getting articles from Grammarly about uh, their like use of AI for like generative text for emails and shit like that. Yeah. Like it's, it's being incorporated now right like yeah well,
1: that's like yeah that's like with with this new photoshop like it i think it was Beeple. i don't know if you know Beeple, the um the artist um big like I mean, he used to make all the flash videos he makes um he's, he makes like a lot of nft art he was like making art into NFTs and shit like before it became a thing. I'm
0: pretty sure he's like the new ground slash oh player guy. It might be. He does. He does a kind lot of, of, of like songs. pretty
1: surrealist, like very CGI looking art that's like pretty could be creepy or very out there. Um, but he he like when they announced it, he like retweeted the announcement. And he was kind of just like, yeah, this is like basically just saying it's like a game changer. Like it's going to be next to impossible. Like, with how good this looks, it's going to be near impossible to tell, like, what is photo and what is, like, an AI-enhanced photo. Yeah.
0: Well, that's what's kind of funny about me being, like, um, yeah, you can pull up the, the audio of Spielberg talking about Kathleen Kennedy. Like, we're very close to the point where you, you can't say that. You got to yeah. be, like. So it's
1: like, did he actually say that? Or is this just fucking someone took this his. Is an AI video yeah. of. Uh, someone took his voice and put it into, you know, made it made him say whatever they wanted to yeah using some ai
0: like i mean jesus dude i've seen like 10,000 videos recommended to me now of arnold schwarzenegger in like every role in every movie that's ever fucking come out <laughs> like yeah. it's getting insane um in the the unaired deleted first episode of this podcast where we had talked about ai um I think I had said something like within I think 25 years, I think there will be a service for watch whatever movie you want with whichever actor you want playing whatever role you want them to play. And I yeah. think that that's, I think that's like right fucking there around the corner. You know, and I don't know if it's going to be like studios owning the likeness or if it's going to be like skins in a video game where you can buy the Danny DeVito skin. Where you can have like Danny DeVito as Golem in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yeah.
1: Uh,
0: <laughs> I don't know how it's going to work, but.
1: Yeah. Here's like the video where you literally just select. All they're doing is selecting portions of a photo they took. So it's a picture of a guy on a bike on a road, and uh, they. They literally just like wrote that they wanted the AI to put in yellow lines and yeah, they like expand the photo yellow as well. Line,
0: which looks a little weird because uh, typically there's more than just a double yellow line in a road. Yeah. There's like also the, the outside of the roads to show you where the edge of the road is. Uh, Now there is a, a deer. Oh fuck. I was too slow, but they put yeah. the deer in an alleyway and it was like a, a fuck. Now they're frozen Lake with reflections and there's, they're doing it. Generative fill. They're filling it. Northern lights. Yeah,
1: basically you just have a text box. You just type in what whatever the fuck you want to put in there. And you have like different options too. You can just generate different options of what you're typing in there.
0: Yeah, like why hire an artist when you can buy a program like that? And, yeah. It, which is funny because I was doing this in a kind of janky way. Like with the uh, the art I use for our thumbnails. um, well, I've yeah. only used two at this point. I, I've been using like the stereotypical, or the the main thumbnail is is AI art of a pipe. That's yeah. I had to work with it to get it to look like something kind of interesting. <laughs> um, I think I did another one for the the episode with me and Isaac. Uh, but like it it doesn't look real. You look at it for a little bit and you go, yeah. "Oh, this is AI generated." Like these angles aren't real (laughs) Yeah, a pipe like that could not actually support itself if it was like hanging in in midair like it is and the way that like the pipe for our art kind of like blends into the smoke that's coming out of it um yeah it it looks like ai art whereas that right there that you just showed me looks
1: uh like a photoshopped picture exactly um we're getting we're getting to that point It's just going to be, like, impossible to tell.
0: Yeah. I wish that they would hurry up and get the AI to take all the middle management positions in all these different companies so that the politicians would have to make some sort of laws around this stuff, whether that is... Yeah. uh, A certain position... Like, companies making a certain amount of money have to employ so many, like flesh bag employees you know yeah Uh. (laughs)
1: Um, one one thing I was seeing some articles and and different stuff on just um, mentioning how prompting is so important and that with like the use of AI and how AI is going to become so prevalent in the workplace learning to prompt well and even just putting that on your resume can help you secure jobs in the future just being like, I know how to type really good into Chat GPT to make it do what I want. Like, just being able to put that on, like, a resume is going to help you in the future.
0: For how long, though? You know? Exactly.
1: Um, so, because, I mean, I think we'll always need humans for certain things. Especially, like, yes, we could heavily utilize AI, but I think... I mean, for oiling the machines... Yeah. Well, I was like, we'll need someone to prompt them. But yeah, for how long until we finally get like, machines advanced further? Machines. And I think. I think, <laughs> and I've I've had this conversation with people at the at the bar. I I think this culminates in, at some point, you gotta admit we're gonna have to, essentially, you know, implement a universal basic income, which people hate hearing because that's, it's socialist. That's libtard talk. Yeah, brother. Um. But, I mean, that's, that's what we're going to get to. Like, you, you're, you're going to get to a point where AI has overrun us so much yeah. that people, there, there's not enough jobs.
0: I mean, there there isn't right now. There, there is yeah, there already isn't.
1: It, and that's, that's the thing. At, at some point, you got to admit that, and I, I think it's just a, a generally a good idea to begin with, everyone should be afforded their basic essential needs. I mean, and right then any...
0: Now, all there is is... Uh, I mean, it's like manual labor type stuff. So, like, yeah. if you wanted to make really good money right now, go into drywall. Yeah. Go into carpentry. Go into um, any of those, like, specialized labor fields. Yeah. Um, because there's not a machine to build a wall right now. There's not yeah. a machine to...
1: Well, I mean, they, they've started to the 3D print houses.
0: Yeah, but when when, Ky- yeah. when your son Kyle punches a hole in the drywall because uh, yeah. his girlfriend Bethany uh, kissed another guy who's gonna fix that the drywall guy yeah because you're not you're the chat GPT guy for Microsoft
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I think between between actual like manual labor jobs and like well, I don't even know if entertainment, because we're getting to a point where, like, uh, you've seen, I think we talked about it in the first stream, was, like, people having, like, streamer. They they can put, like, Ludwig up there and, like, have him talking on a stream, and it's, like, just AI doing it. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah.
0: At what point are you, uh, yeah, or the, the AI Seinfeld show that was, like. People were like, "It's weird because when you first watch it, nothing made sense. But now, like towards the end, there it was like really making jokes. There was like setup and punchline.
1: You're like, whoa. Yeah. Um, nah, I just, I think it's going to get to a point where people need to be afforded their their basic essential needs in uh-huh. order to live. Otherwise, we're gonna have a crisis on our hands unless some laws are implemented to prevent this kind of shit."
0: Yeah, I mean. I think we are going to have a crisis on our hands because the lawmakers are going to go, no, um, big business has a right to enslave you, and then no one's going to stand up for us. <laughs> no,
1: that's that's the point where we <laughs> get the guillotines out.
0: Um, sorry, you can't behead a machine, brother. Oh, no, I'm talking um, about the politicians. No, I'm saying the machine will protect them at that the, point. The business
1: owners. Oh, shit, yeah. Yeah. I think. That's when we'll start rolling
0: out the uh, the dreadnoughts that don't have uh, space marines in them. It's just full full machine. Uh, and they'll say, know. "Citizens, return to your homes." And we'll say, "No!" And then they'll go minigun, <laughs> and then like the whole street will just be a a river of blood and gore and bone. Yeah. And um. And you'll have to walk over the remains of your friends in order to uh, get to your janitorial job, which is to clean the streets of the flesh and blood and bones of your uh, former comrades.
1: Fair. (laughs) Fair enough.
0: (laughs) Did I start that off by saying I don't want to be a doomer? (laughs) No, no, you didn't. Okay, good. Good, because we're doomers here now. Welcome to the Doomer Pipe Podcast. Um,
1: I think the only other thing I had AI related was chat GPT premium upgrade to allow web browsing as well as Google's own chatbot called Bard, which also has web browsing. So now the AI can search the web. They can use the information that they acquire off of searching the web, um, hmm. which allows for... More utility, being able to be like, "Hey, tell me what stocks to invest in." That was the example I saw, like in a video or whatever. And ChatGPT is like, ChatGPT first comes to you and goes like, "Disclaimer: I'm not a financial advisor." Um, And then they also like another disclaimer. They're just like, "Yeah, like I can't, like I can't give you specific financial advice because I'm not a financial advisor." Then you'd be like, "Well." I'm not investing this for a project, and it's like, oh well that's okay then and it just like rattles off like whatever the fuck you want to know. There's always a way around. There's always loopholes or whatever to get around like if if it's trying to like Yeah. It's trying to not cause like liability. But yeah. I um
0: Did they what stocks did they say?
1: I don't even fucking remember. Fuck dude. Um I mean, if just we can just get Chat Chat GPT and just do it ourselves, it's twenty dollars a month for the premium version. What the fuck, dude! I might start fucking around with it just to actually do like actually get some because you know my company is all about automation, and and they're actually they've begun downsizing due to automation. Um, not like a ton, but they're definitely like they've made it so to where like metrics for having like certain amount of help at work, like, certain ass- amount of assistants or trainees or whatever, it, you now have to m- be generating more revenue to get the same amount. Like, so, like, basically, it's, it's just been heavily increased.
0: So you all were meeting the bar, and then they raised the bar on you? Yes. Yeah. That's corporate.
1: Yeah. No, 100%. They yeah. went, like, yeah, you have to generate this much revenue for four assistants. Now it's, like, you have to generate... Yeah, f- when I... Six... You're to have like double that for the same amount.
0: My old job there, it used to be uh, if you were upselling, right? So if you're getting uh, people to add something to their order uh, on 25% of the, the things you sold. Yeah. If your number was 25%, you'd get a bonus. And then once like two-thirds of the store was hitting that, they went, all right, now it's going to be 45%. Huh. for the same bonus
1: drink yeah
0: um i gotta admit i'm not a big fan of that
1: yeah uh, no me either um mostly i mean for me it's like it's in the regard of like i it makes my life a lot easier when i have actual help like an actual person yeah my thing is like as much as you want to automate it as much as yeah, I get I get it, automation can help save you money and, and whatnot, but we need like actual people and actual ears on the phone. Like Yeah. I I'm sitting here and like I'm having to answer the phone a lot more because we have less people helping us out on the account now. If I had more you know, if you if you didn't change those metrics, I would have people here to answer the phone to prevent me from having to waste my time answering the phone and talking to someone I shouldn't even have to talk to. Like, it, it should go up chain of command. I should have a trainee or someone to answer the phone and figure out if it's something important for me to deal with or not. But now I'm having to do that myself. Yeah. It's inefficient, in my opinion.
0: I feel you there, brother. I don't know if it's just like a corporate thing... Like, maybe there's certain companies that are better about it, but the, the, just the things I used to have to deal with at my job that I left like a month ago, um, (laughs) anyway, the things that I had to deal with that were like, a, a, uh, fuck, what's the word for it? A, uh gap in the in the knowledge right between what corporate Mm -hmm. knows about running a store and like what you know as a guy who spent like ten thousand hours plus in a store yeah uh it's insane because you'll you'll get these people that come in and they're like first off my store was like making a million dollars a year at at the point when i left um the average store for that company was only making about five hundred thousand dollars a year. Yeah, so like double. And, and that would be good double for double the or, revenue. Yeah, that would be good for them. Yeah. Um we the new like general manager that was coming in after me was uh learning all this stuff for these new products and whatnot and corporate was like we expect each store to get about 20 of this new thing that we're putting out every day and me and the owner both told this guy we're like look dude whatever they're telling you to order for that you need to do at least double okay yeah at least double because if they're saying that they're gonna do about 20 i'm telling you we're gonna do at least 40 and it ends up we're doing like 65 of that thing a day (laughs) like we were literally number 1 in the state for selling that thing yeah. when they
1: had released it. It was insane. Truly insane. No there's always just like corporate The problem is you get the big wigs who have their heads so far up their asses and they're not like on the ground. They don't know the daily struggle or like what's going on. That's exactly how this is. Like with management Dude,
0: it was like that just between me and the other store owner, right? Because my store owner, there was like the local guy who had been the owner operator for a long time. Yeah. And then there was like the money guy who had like, he's got like 10 stores or something to his name. Yeah. Uh, That guy, the guy who had like 10 stores or whatever, literally could not work the fucking line. Like he was a fucking invalid on the line. Yeah. And you're like, why? How? Dude, there was one point where he was like, he he look, he looked at two orders and he said how do you tell which one goes out first and i went this was like my last week or two there i looked at him i did the dog head tilt sideways and i went you own the store what do you mean how do you know which one goes out first <laughs> and i had to i had to pull the ticket from him and be like this one says order 76 right here on the ticket the other one says order 77 <laughs> so 76 is going to go out before 77. And on top of that, there's also a time code right here, so you can see that this order was punched in at 9:45 in the morning. Whereas this one was punched in at 9:46 in the morning. So like yeah. there's multiple ways on each ticket to tell which one goes out first. How do you not know how this works? Like it blew my mind. Like those so kind if, of
1: people just lack fucking common sense.
0: Yeah, if that's the difference between like a guy who works the line and the owner, Imagine what the difference is between like guy who works the line and corporate dumb fuck who's like making recipes or something yeah. like that, you know. Or yeah. it's just <laughs> it's a fucking
1: cartoon, man. Yeah. No, there's always such a disconnect. Um Yeah, so yeah, automation. Dissonance. Kind of sucks. cognitive dissonance
0: uh, is what I was looking for.
1: There you go. Um. But yeah, I don't really have anything else. I got some.
0: What dra- drama cast? You you never told me that you weren't coming to my improv show. Oh, fuck. fucker! Fucking fucker! I'm sorry. I said. I said. Shelby, uh, I told Scott, and he said he was going to ask Jake. And then uh, Scott never told me – he never said anything about whether or not he's coming. So I don't know if he's coming or not. So I don't know. <laughs> he's probably not coming, though, <laughs> knowing him. <laughs> and then what would you do? You abandoned Dude,
1: me. I know. You
0: abandoned me, my boy. No,
1: all, all my plans that day got scrapped because – I was feeling out of it and still had to pack shit to move. For the audio listeners, slow shape
0: of my head. I know. For shame. I'm sorry. Send a message, you, you little guy. I know. For shame. All right, that was it for DramaCast, though. Oh. Yeah, I don't and have any drama. What other drama could I have?
1: Uh, some irrelevant news for you. Oh yeah, uh, Magic just changed oh, the standard rotation. It's now three years long for standard. So,
0: oh, so they have more sets out than they've ever had before, and they're doing a three-year rotation for standard. Yeah. Woo, brother.
1: Yeah. So, it's <laughs> they they did say, and I, I people generally like this new rotation because they think it's going to give more continuity to. Standard.
0: They also uh, went... I saw an article saying that they were going to, once a year, update the ban card list.
1: Oh, they just... They just—they uh, haven't released it yet. It's coming out next week. There was a leak, though. And they had a hefty ban list for Standard. Um, well, dude... Like... There was
0: a long time where if they banned a card, you were like, whoa, they actually banned something. Yeah. And then sometime after Arena coming out, it was like a monthly ban list where I was like, why are they banning the fucking meta every month?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so now this, this is a little different. I, I think this ban list is so long because first of all, like the standard meta has gotten, people are people are pretty like, irritated with it because it just seems like everyone's playing the same fucking cards. Like it's That's the meta. That's how the meta works. Well, but I mean,
0: like, it's just... Numerically, there's a deck that is better than other decks because it kicks earlier or it kicks harder earlier.
1: But it's gotten to a point where, like, standard's gotten stale because everyone's running the same colors because the strongest cards are, like, in the same colors. Like, Rakdos is just, like, essentially red, black, or the combo of them. Just have the strongest cards. Like, that's everyone fucking runs right now. Yeah.
0: It's always going to be red.
1: So they were just saying, like, it's gotten stale to where...
0: Historically, the best decks are red decks that have... If they aren't mono-red, they have a touch of red. Yeah. Like, if you look at the top deck for every single set that comes out, typically it's a red
1: deck. I don't know. It hasn't been lately. It's been changed up. Um... But there's just literally fable of the mirror breaker. It's everyone runs it like all their decks. Um, It's a saga enchantment. Oh, Um,
0: never mind. I thought that was like the name of a set.
1: No, no, no. It's uh, it's a card. It's a single card. Um, that's it's a it's a flip saga. So like you do your your three things, and on the third one you flip it, and it becomes a creature. Hmm. Um, it's Kikijiki. I don't know if you know Kikijiki. The like uh, legendary little goblin creature, breaker. From, yeah, the mirror breaker.
0: Wait, is uh, this like a commander meta? Is that what you're talking
1: about? No, no. Or this is like this is standard
0: Kiki. They got a new
1: Kiki out. New Kiki? Yeah, they do. They got a new Kiki. So yeah, he's like that's that card is just everyone runs it. Um, same with Shouldred for black, which fucking hate that card. I absolutely hate. Is this a new Shieldred? Yes. Four four drop so two two generic two black, and then it, correct me. What was
0: the old shield? It had something to do with sacrificing stuff.
1: Yeah, it was um, at the beginning of your upkeep or something. Every every player sacrifices a creature, and then like at your end step or something, you get to bring a creature back from your graveyard. That's right. So like you just make everyone sacrifice a creature, then you get to bring a creature back.
0: The most annoying thing that ever happened within our personal little play group was uh, me joking that the only thing stronger than a murder was a forced sacrifice. Oh and God. then Jake making it the meta for all of his black decks to be uh,
1: full on sacrifice trash. everything decks. Yeah.
0: To the point where like you couldn't play games yeah. anymore.
1: New Shouldered, four drop. A four-five with death Jake, touch. Jake, if you
0: ever listen to this specifically,
1: fuck you. And whenever you draw fuck a card, you, you gain two life. Whenever an opponent draws a card, they lose two life. So all that in a four-drop. So sorry, read it again. It's a four-five with death touch. Yeah. Whenever you draw a card, you gain two life. Whenever an opponent draws a card, they lose two life.
0: Okay, that's a classic black effect.
1: It is, but it's just like it got super irritating in the meta, especially because it's a four-drop four-five with death touch, so it's just like there's not
0: a four-drop four-five is already a very strong card. That's
1: that's the issue. Is like is that a mythic? Yeah, it is. Okay, if you're playing like mind. if you're playing, that's on par for what a mythic should be. If you're playing red though, it's just like there's no easy way to get rid of it. Your burn spells don't kill it. Like it, well, basically, the only Play red black
0: and uh, do a removal a death touch uh, burn.
1: Yeah. That that is that's essentially why yeah, the, the meta was heavily uh like black red. Light. Exile. To the point where like these cards are so strong, they're being played in like pioneer and modern. Like they've become part of the meta for like these other more eternal formats. Yeah, I mean there's
0: power creep. I mean people complain about power creep and magic all the time, like, oh this came out and it's broken. Yeah. Um I gotta admit, I got I got no sympathy or empathy or none of that for for magic players. Um you get what you deserve wow. and you get you're getting a company that is uh beating off with your tears. So uh They're if you're up. You up with it. supporting Hasbro, then you fucking do that you crack I've been having
1: a good time. There is a ac- a new card game that came out um which actually I'm thinking of getting the starter decks, or potentially a booster box. Um, What's it called? Sorcery. Uh-huh. Contested realm. Um, I just think... Dude, like, I have
0: been seen a lot of, like, TCGs coming out. Yeah. I, I was getting but, but I mean, like,
1: I think you'll enjoy it because it's classic. Like, they have Frank Frazetta in this. Like, it for the art. You got Frank Frazetta? Yeah, all? so it's like, this art is just like... I mean, it's on another level. Yeah.
0: I was going like to get sued. Their cards look too much like... Uh, there you go. <laughs> their cards look too much like Magic.
1: They're just like... They look good. Way better art than Magic right now. Uh, yeah, honestly, yeah. I don't like
0: the like standardized Magic art.
1: Oh, yeah. not a fan. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, you look at like the whole list. They just have so much good artwork for all their cards.
0: I do like that it looks a little closer to, like, 70s
1: fantasy. That's what they were going for. They they wanted, um, I, I was reading up on, like, their concept of, like, the game. And it's, like, they heavily wanted to go with, like, a classic fantasy yeah. feel to the game. Um, it's also played completely differently from, like, Magic. There's, like, I'll have to look back into it, but there's, like, you have, like, a, a set game board, almost like you play on, like the, yeah. it, it's like fu- like like you have like zones and stuff that are functional. Yeah, like Yu-Gi-Oh. Ka- kind of, it's more like you like establish it's contested realms. Like you establish like your own realm or something. There's like something about like connecting them together. I, I don't yeah, know, like plane chase. But they it's forty forty dollars for the um, four starter decks. That's not bad. It's not, and then yeah, it's I think it's like 150 for a booster box though, um, which is kind of steep.
0: Yeah, but how many cards is that? I'm not sure. Let's see. <laughs>
1: because I did. I, I don't know. I do. I do. Kind of want to get some. Because if it's like, I
0: don't know. That's. That's about what magic is, you know. Because a lot of the starter decks for Magic aren't like ten bucks anymore; they're like what twenty five, yeah, thirty five. Tell you what, back in the day, I'm pretty sure I bought my first deck for uh, fifteen bucks.
1: Yep. I remember at the. Well, apparently the website that is the only online retailer for this, I, it's like down right now. Oh, popular.
0: I remember, like, what was it, Borders Bookstore or something like that? I can't remember. And
1: Oh, shit. They had Becca Scott out here doing the how-to play the game. I love her. I know. Wait, how do you know? Because we've had this conversation before. Have we? (laughs) Because
0: I also love her. Bro. If she said hi to me, I would break up with my girlfriend to try to marry her. Goddamn. That's, that's intense. (laughs) She, for real, uh, she is by far one of the funniest role players I have ever seen. Yeah. Absolutely unhinged. (laughs) You still trying to find how many cards are in a booster
1: box? Well, I think, I think the website worked this time. There it is. Okay. Oh, shit. Sorcery TCG. Mm Mm-hmm. So yeah. Booster Box Yes
0: Shaking my head Nodding, I mean Nodding my head I don't know It doesn't say on here Jesus fucking Christ What a waste of my time (laughs) What a waste of my time (laughs) You know what I've been playing lately? What? Well first off First of all, one might say
1: 36 booster packs,
0: 36 booster packs. Okay. So that's like a standard booster box. It is. is it 15 card packs that I can't see? It does not say. Oh my God. Oh. Jamie, pull that up. You get that? Cause we're making a podcast. I made a, a podcast joke because Joe Rogan has a Jamie and Jamie pulls things up. <laughs> and so I said, Jamie pull things
1: up. Um uh fifteen card booster pack, yeah okay you get and so their whole things are like ten, so you have ten ordinary cards, three exceptional cards, and one elite or unique card, so it's same as magic, whereas ordinaries are common, exceptionals are uncommon, elites are rare, unique's probably your mythic
0: yeah uh, yeah
1: but yeah nope i I think I'll at least get the um. Like this is considered their beta edition. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'll at least get their... Yeah, try to get whatever the Black
0: Lotus is going to be. Exactly. That'd be sweet. <laughs> um, and then hope that uh, 30 years from now, they don't do a reprinting of it that's real fucking cheap. But, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um,
1: they do already have uh, like their first expansion set. Huh. Um, ready? Good. The switch is going to be Arthurian Legends. Cool. That's cool. So, I'm I'm down with it. I I think I want to give it a try. Like magic Magic sometimes fucking wears on me. A green knight, a nice lance yeah. a lot.
0: Yeah. Uh, so
1: I just th- it's the art. The art. I have a lot of respect for the fact that like they're going for that feel with the art. Yeah. Like, I don't
0: know. Arthurian Legend is a. Like a good first,
1: because my thing is like for them. you look at these cards and these cards, magically would be like, yeah, these are our full art, borderless, special edition cards you can get in the collector's booster pack. This for twenty three dollars. This
0: card would be a dollar thirty five rather than thirteen cents. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah. That's all I got.
0: Yeah, I've been playing. Um. Maybe you've heard of it. It's a little franchise called Fallout. I've been playing Fallout New Vegas.
1: Oh, yeah? You ever play Fallout New Vegas? I think i played a little bit. Not a lot.
0: Yeah. I wish it would stop crashing. (laughs) (laughs) Other than that, though, um, I had watched... I don't know why I watched this. I think I had a a medication induced nap one day while i was like watching youtube on on the tv and it just like auto played into like a three hour video essay on fallout new vegas and i like woke up in the middle of it and just kept watching and it just made me want to play the game so i've had it for forever i don't know i don't think i've ever like fully played through it just because i get like Choice paralysis or whatever that shit's called where I'm like uh, yeah. oh do I want to join the NCR or do I want to join Kaisar's Legion, you know? And then you got all the little in in NCR nerds who are like, Caesar's just bad boy. But then uh but then all the legionaries run up to you and they're like Kaisar and I don't know. I just like that Roman dudes running around shooting people in the desert of Las Vegas. Yeah. Nevada. That's kind of cool. That's a cool idea. And uh specifically, I guess for New Vegas, it's not the same people who made like Fallout 3 and 4, it's the people who made the original Fallout games, 1 and 2. Yeah. Um and I I guess They were, like, more true to the, like, classic lore than the people for, like, 3 and 4 were. Um, So, uh, I've just had... I think because I watched that video, like, a little more appreciation of the different interactions I've had in the game. I also think the last time I tried to play this was maybe around the time I played 4 for the first time. So pretty jarring feeling. It's pretty different from 4. And I think having that separation, I'm able to go into this like older system and appreciate it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I've been doing that. What kind of build do you typically go for in those games?
1: I couldn't even tell you. I don't remember the last time I played one. Mm. It's been a minute. Not
0: even like a not even like an Elder Scrolls or something like that, huh? What's the last game you played, little guy? This is me sitting on the uh, the judge's stool, looking Probably down not. at you, and you're like the one guy in the court. And I and I go, I I pull at the side of my mustache that naturally pushes itself out rather than growing <laughs> straight down, and I go, little guy, <laughs> hey little feller. What game do you play? What's your go-to game? It's <laughs> been too long. Just magic, huh?
1: Yeah, that's basically it. You read Dune yet? Nope. Coward. That's, Craven. That's almost. Yellow Belly. I know. I've been. I've been busy. <laughs> I um.
0: I used to listen to books all the time whenever I was driving right so on Sundays I do like a big three or four hour drive because mm-hmm. usually the Sundays whenever Shelby was uh, working and since I don't have that anymore I haven't really been like listening to books as often and the other night I was like you know what <laughs> I'm a cool guy I'm gonna take a bath so I took a bath and I played played an audio book and I just chilled there in the tub with my, my knees up because I don't fit in the fucking tub. My knees are <laughs> out of the water. My elbows are up on the sides of the tub. And, uh, I was like, <laughs> listening to my audiobook. And it was probably 15 minutes straight of, of just tech talk for the Gaunt's Ghosts because they were doing a, uh, like a, a drop zone assault kind of thing. So they're like flying in on these Bodunk ships that are, uh, they sound like World War Two prop bombers, like, mm-hmm. like a B-52 bomber that's like barely holding together. And also super fucking cold. And the atmosphere on, on this planet is toxic. So they've got like all this extra kit that they wouldn't normally have. And just everyone is like on edge because of it um god man i i fucking love that series i know i say this i think every time but just i'm so into it that just hearing what their fucking kit is for the mission that they're going on is exciting to me (laughs) fair yeah but yeah, I just been like chilling at home a lot and I keep watching these video essays and there some of these guys are like here's my 9 hour video on Skyrim and I'm like what kind of fucking psychopath makes a 9 hour <laughs> video with the word retrospective in the in the fucking title. Yeah. Where you're like, dude, that's that's more than a work day. You go to work at 8 in the morning, get home at 5, or leave at 5. Yeah, an hour lunch. That's nine hours, man. You're crazy. All right. I think that's it, though. I just want to complain about nine-hour YouTube video essays.
1: Because they're good, too. It's just fucking annoying. Some people's... So pe- people, so people go them. for so people go for quantity over quality.
0: I, that's the thing is that they are
1: quality. Well, like, I guess they go for both. They go for
0: they go for in depth analysis and they do it and yeah, they talk about so many different things that like a normal person would make each topic a different video, right? Yeah. But they're just like, here's my nine hour all inclusive video on Skyrim, and you're like, oh, it's... okay, it's a two parter actually. Here's the first nine hours. The second nine hours will be coming out next week. (laughs) It's crazy. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm done. I'm going to go home.
1: Well, if you made it this far, thank you for listening to another episode of Bad Pipes with Andrew Weaver. That's me. And Scott Kelly. That's him. Thank you to our usual suspects. Uh,
0: thanks Kyle, to Kyle for uh, being a, being a dude and thanks to Kyle's dad for <laughs> setting all the podcast stuff up for us. And uh, thanks to um, Kyle Casey and white bad audio for we're using his music still. And we probably, yeah. I mean, I enjoy this. This this music, oh yeah, it has been good. It is good. I keep wondering like it? if it's loud enough, though. So, if you I actually think, listen to this podcast and you get to this point and Needs you hear comment. me talking about the music, um, either leave a comment on Podbean or find me on Facebook. My name is Andrew Weaver. Uh, or look me up on Twitter, which is I think Crypted Works Whitey, and then or uh, fuck, what else do I have?
1: Um, also subscribe to our Patreon We don't have a Patreon uh, But if you
0: want us to have a Patreon So that you can give us money I guess let us know that So, we <laughs> so Also we this, this
1: episode Is dedicated to Ray Stevenson May he rest in peace My boy Thank you for listening God
0: That really did. I I read that for the the first time this morning at like 11.30 and was just actually upset about it.
1: Yeah, not fun. I saw it while I was at work. Well,
0: bye-bye. Love you. Good night.